If you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. In this episode, we're talking about dating. Okay, so this episode is more for my son than for me. Um, I'm out of the dating market and have been for some time since, you know been together with my wife for over 22 years we've been married since 2014 and it's not really for me anymore but I do worry about what my son will face um, as he moves into the world into the modern world and starts making his way through that rigmarole of dating there's a TV series that was running in the UK for some time and I can't remember exactly when it was but it was called Coupling and basically it was about uh, the series of couples who were trying to come together and failing in different ways it was kind of like a UK friends if you will In the very first season, the very first episode, Steve is on a date with a lady and they're talking and having a chat and trying to get to know each other and she's asking him how calm he is and how relaxed he is and stuff and he said, well, the man on a date is never as relaxed as the woman on a date because the woman has extra knowledge that the man doesn't have. And the extra knowledge that the woman has is that the woman already knows if he's going to get lucky but the man could spend the entire meal wondering And of course, in classic comedy fashion, she tries to put Steve at rest by saying to him, well, you're definitely going to get lucky, so now you can relax. And of course, classically, comically, he was unable to relax because that made him more nervous about the fact that now that hurdle was leapt, he now needs to look at the next hurdle. But, you know, this ties into the whole thing about men expecting specific things as a result of a date. Now, I was never of the opinion that because I've been out on a date with a woman that I would expect something at the end of it. I mean, I'm from a generation where two or three dates before you even get anywhere close to a bedroom. And I think that's just a generational thing. Now, my son, in his life, things move a little faster, move a little differently. You never know. And there may be something planned by the woman for that very day. It's complicated. But I'm fully aware that just going to dinner with a woman has no guarantees other than we will sit down, we will have a meal, there'll be some chat and possibly some drinking, but that's about it. But there are equally women out there who are just out for a free meal and they're out to fleece the men. I mean, we hear all these stories all the time. So it's a little bit of uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. And neither one is to blame and neither one is at fault. And I believe it's a fine line, genuinely a fine line, between looking for love and looking for a meal. So, I decided to Google male dating pitfalls. And there was link after link, page after page of advice on how to master the date to make her swoon into your arms and guarantee that she's yours. All of which just assumes that she's something pliable and easily won over. Now seriously, who wants that woman? Who wants someone who's just so easily coerced? Look back to the early James Bond movies back in the 1960s when, you know, attitudes towards women were very different and I'm not saying they're right or they're wrong, they're wrong. And you look back at those early Bond movies and you see Sean Connery kind of sort of thrusting himself and throwing himself at the women, squashing them, squeezing them, forcing him, 
onto them, forcing himself onto them to kiss them, but in classic, you know, female femme fatale style. Um, they melt under the strength of his wonderful manly arms and they immediately fall in love with him after one forced kiss. And you fast forward to nowadays, and if any man was to do that to a woman these days, he'd most likely get a kick in the groin, a slap to the face, and then the police will be called. Which is correct. That's exactly what you should do. But we've got a generation of men above my generation, as I say, I was born in 1973, so a generation above me who think that's exactly how women should be treated, that there were people you could sweep up and clutch in your arms and force yourself onto them, and they would fall madly in love with you. It's just not the case. But all of these dating ideas were kind of like, take this malleable woman, this completely uh, impressionable woman, and do all of these 10 steps that we tell you, and you'd be guaranteed to take her home at the end of the night. What if what you're looking for in the date is a companion for life? You're looking for a husband, you're looking for a wife, you're not looking for a one-night stand. If you are, this isn't the podcast for you, because you can get that anywhere. I mean, Tinder is out there, goodness me. But if you're looking for, you know, sort of a longer term thing, you actually want to have someone you want to spend a bit of time with, that's not going to help you. All it's going to do is it's going to guarantee that at the end of the night, you know, you've got this buttery, pliable thing in your arms. Now, see, the thing is, this kind of, while I was doing some research for this particular episode, I was going down these particular routes and I was looking at all these different things about dating pitfalls and the do's and the don'ts. And I'm not even going to bother reading those because you can, seriously, if you put male dating pitfalls into any search engine, you will find a plethora of links that will help you if you're struggling with your dates, which is why I'm not going to give you any tips on that. Because any tips I can give you, you can get better elsewhere. So, you know, if you want to, if you're struggling with your dating issues and you think this podcast episode is going to help you get a date, no. However, there is a kind of a dark side to dating that I wanted to broach, which requires sensitivity, but I probably lack the eloquence to get it right, and I also lack the emphasis to get it right. So, here's the thing. So, my worry is about my son going on dates, because he can be just as vulnerable as the woman. All it takes is one accusation of sexual assault, and his life is ruined. Now, I'm not saying he's not a he's not capable of that because that is genuinely that is not the discussion but all it would take is just that one moment of consent so I was talking to my son and I said the problem with consent is it's all well and good so you know when she says yes yes I want it now if she's drunk don't because he went to a friend's party some years ago and he knew that there were going to be girls there that he knew from school and some boys there that he knew from school and I just said look you know a couple of these girls are known to be sort of beer fiends they do like a bit of ale and they'll probably drink too much and they might pass out or whatever I said if, it's, if that's the situation make sure you're always around other people so that if she's on her own in a room everyone knows you were there or you find yourself in a situation where she's throwing herself at you make sure other people are around just so that nobody can say you took advantage of her. However, if you do find yourself in a situation where there's only the two of you, you make sure that you're not touching her inappropriately in any way. But again, it's his word against hers. And the problem with consent is it can be given at that point where, you know, she's not necessarily with it emotionally and mentally because she's drunk and then tomorrow morning she might have bitter regrets and remove that consent and claim that she never consented to it. You know, how are you ever going to prove that she consented to it or not? So we talked about this whole thing. And I said, look, you know, if she's basically saying she wants to have sex with you or whatever she wants to make love to you, whatever it is she wants to do, try to get it recorded somehow. As awful as that sounds, just so that in case she decides the next morning she doesn't want, you can just say, well, look, this is what you said. 
Yes, there's all the coercion and all the rest of it, and this is why I wanted to talk about it on this podcast. It's such a minefield that my son will need to navigate in order to come out of a date with any kind of success. And by success, I mean that he has a nice time out with somebody, they find connectivity between them, there's a spark, there's something that happens, and then they want to go on a second date. That's what I would imagine for him would be a positive date. However, as I say, it's a minefield that I just don't want to navigate it at all. My wife, she asked me that, she said, would I date again if she and I weren't together? And my immediate response was no. Now, there will be people who will be listening to this thinking, oh, you said no because she was in the room, she's your wife, you don't want to upset your wife. I said no because I don't genuinely think I could be bothered with it. I don't think I could be bothered trotting out all my old stories that she already knows because I find them boring. The stories I have, you know, from before my wife, because here's the thing, if I was to go dating tomorrow, the person I'm sitting across from doesn't necessarily want to hear about the woman I've spent the last 22 years of my life with. That time my wife and I went to here, that time my wife and I did that. She's not, not going to want to know that. So for me to then pull apart all the stories that are from 22 years and longer ago, they're boring, they're done, They've, I've moved on from them. All I can then do is talk about my current life experiences and where I am in, in, in those situations. So she asked if I could be, if I would go dating again, and I was like, no. But I've also got another kind of pet theory about dating, which ties in with, yeah, it's kind of a neatness in terms of this, this episode being certainly circular, in that my sort of pet theory about it is, is that it's a lot easier for a woman to end up um, on dates with an outcome that she wants because she's the one who's holding all the cards. She's the one who knows whether or not she's going to take the man back home with her or go back to his house or whatever she wants to do. She already knows. And a woman tends to not want for any kind of suitors. So whenever my wife used to go out to the pub with her friends, she would often come home with a bruised backside because all the men would pinch her bum, which I first of all think is abhorrent. I would never dream of touching another woman when I'm out and about with friends or whatever. If, if I'm at a bar and a, a pretty lady walked past, I would never dream of reaching out and squeezing her bum or even touching her anywhere. wouldn't even dream of it. But my wife regularly would come home with these bruises on her bottom from all the men and give her bum a pinch. And it is awful, awful behaviour. But, happily, it proved my point that she's going to find it easier in the dating market than I am because... Men are the desperate sex hounds who are always wanting it and women are the ones who look for relationships so they're the ones who have the control. She didn't like that argument and that's fine, she doesn't have to like it but it is a pet theory of mine that, you know, I believe it's a lot easier for the woman to find a man than it is for a man to find a woman just because of these cards that the women hold and the power that women have over men. I mean, you've seen how men go giddy when that beautiful woman walks through the room. <laughs> yeah, we all, we've all done it. So, yeah, it's, it, it worries me. Uh, I don't want to say I lose sleep over it because that would be ridiculous, but whenever my son says I'm going out with some friends and there's going to be girls there, I just think, is this the story that defines his life? And then he comes home and everything was fine and it's all great and gravy and he wasn't involved in anything. Fantastic. But it does worry me. So I thought I would kind of try to lead with the positive at the end. It's not easy, but I guess as long as you don't have any deep-seated mental health issues with regards to how you view the opposite or even the same sex, in order to enjoy a date, you just go out and enjoy the date and have no preconceptions 
about where the date needs to end because the date just needs to end when you say goodbye and drop her off at home or wherever it is that you do if she invites you in that's her thing it's up to you whether you want to go I personally wouldn't not because of any kind of chivalrous kind of thing I just I just wouldn't I'd be like well no today was about the date if you want me to come in let's have another date we'll see if we actually click on the correct levels I mean if you want sex genuinely you might be at the wrong event you know Tinder is out there use that so in short kind of while I worry about this whole dating thing with my son and what have you and where he's going to be and how he's going to navigate this this minefield um, nobody has a map it's literally just a case of you're going to have to suck it and see and figure it out for yourself so at the same time as me trying to be positive about this I'm really struggling to be positive about it all I know is the only thing the only positive I have is that it's tricky I'm positive it's tricky so I guess all I can say now is I'm Leon Deggs and I hope you have a fun time dating because I definitely can't help you thanks for listening